Welcome to another episode of the Divorce Survival Guide podcast, where we have real, honest, smart, and sometimes even hilarious conversations about co-parenting, separation, and divorce, and all that goes along with that. I'm Kate Anthony, your Divorce Survival Guide, Certified Life and Relationship Coach, and Happily Divorced Mom, who helps women decide if they should stay in or leave their marriages, and then guides them through the process one step at a time. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. I just have one announcement today before we get into the podcast, and that is that I am running my super popular webinar, Should You Stay in Your Marriage for Your Kids? Three Truths Revealed. Again, I have one coming up tomorrow, Tuesday, April 23rd, and if you missed that one, I'll be doing it again on May 7th, so be sure to hop on over to the show notes to register for that as soon as possible, and I'll probably be throwing a few more on the calendar um, as we move forward. There'll be a link in the show notes, and the next dates will just show up automatically as I add them. Again, the topic is, should you stay in your marriage for your kids? Three truths revealed. Don't miss it. Sign up for it. It's awesome. All right. So back to today's guest. So most topics of conversation within my Facebook groups with my clients and in my programs usually come down to one thing, boundaries. If you're in an unhappy marriage, if you're getting divorced, if you're already divorced, boundaries are constantly shifting and changing. You may be setting boundaries for the first time in your life. You might be having to hold your boundaries more firmly than ever before. You might be listening to this and thinking, fuck, I really need to get some boundaries. Whatever the case may be, I have got you covered today. When I first started out trying to set my own boundaries, it was so god-awfully messy. The only way I knew how to set a boundary was really firmly, like really bitchy. Like, fuck you, this is the new me, don't step over this line that I just created, and if you do, you're going to get your head bitten off. And weirdly, it didn't go so well (laughs) for any of the relationships I was in. If only I had known how to set healthy boundaries that were kind, both to myself and to others. Well, fortunately... Randy Buckley is in the world today, and she is here to talk about just that. Randy actually runs a program called Healthy Boundaries for Kind People. And I got to say, talking with Randy about boundaries is one of my favorite things to do because her perspective on it is so different and so fresh, and it makes more sense to me than just about anything else I've ever read on the subject. Randy also has a podcast of her own starting up on May 13th. So if you go to her website, which is randybuckley.com, but you'll find it in the show notes. And if you follow her on Instagram, also linked in the show notes, you'll not only get a wealth of super amazing information, but you'll also get notified when her podcast is up and running. And I got to tell you guys, this is one that I am super excited about and I will subscribe to the minute it hits iTunes. Without further ado, please welcome to the podcast, my friend and colleague, Randy Buckley. Randy, thank you so much for coming on to talk to my people about boundaries. Probably one of the most important conversations that anyone can have ever, (laughs) 
<laughs> I, I agree. Yeah. In the personal development world in, in uh, particular. And um, you have such a, you, I think you have such a unique perspective on it um, and an important perspective. So I'm just going to turn it over to you to start the conversation about how you view boundaries. For me, there's not one definition that encompasses boundaries. I'm not particularly pedantic, so I'm, I don't get married to just one thing. In general, so I have lots of different definitions for boundaries. And, and, and <laughs> I think boundaries are the, the infrastructure for who we want to be and the life we want to live in our world. I love that. I <laughs> okay. love that. So that's, yeah. so that's the meme that's going to go along with it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> That'll be the meme. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. And boundaries are a lot of different things uh, in different contexts and different times to different people. But by and large, I really see it as the architecture really for how we want to live um and and i like the that way of describing it because i think the conventional definition of boundaries as we use it in uh industries we're in is about keeping things out and keeping people out and it's about really serving as a barrier Mm. for me there certainly is that function to it but for me boundaries are much more about cultivating what i want inside inside my life I, I see it less as a barrier, but a semi-permeable membrane. I can mm. send out whatever I want to the world, but I get to be really conscious and intentional about what comes in. And that happens through, you know, my values, but really what I want my world to be and, and how I want people to behave within it. My boundaries become those values in action. Yes. Let's talk mm-hmm. about that. Cause you do, you have this beautiful linking of boundaries and values. Yes. Um, and really our values inform what our boundaries mm-hmm. are going to be, right? Right. Can you say more about that? Sure. So so I'm thinking of the, in the context of somebody who might be listening to this wonderful podcast of yours. And you. you are really in, I can imagine, a very tough spot emotionally, really on every possible level. It's tough. It's hard. Right. And if you think you know, okay, what are my values? And what does that mean? And how does that relate to boundaries? I would actually look at it as how do you want this process to be? Who do you want to be after this? And what do you want to look back and be able to be proud of that you did during this time? And those become the values by which you use, they become a compass, really, Mm. a North Star or Southern Cross, for reference in the Southern Hemisphere, to really steer by and, and figure out um, what to do. So if we take a value, so if, if for example, if you want it to be respectful, compassionate, autonomous, whatever those things are, and there are no right or wrong ones, just what you want. Right, right. You take that and you think, okay, you know, let's just use respect as an example. What would respect do now? You know, what value is missing? Okay, it might be respect. So how do we call forth more respect into the situation? How do I call it for myself? How do I call it in from other people? Um, you know, a big one for me is humor. It's a very big value. So mm-hmm. I was, okay, what would humor do right now? <laughs> What's missing from this in, in humor? I, I love the idea of values being like a like a person or a being, right? Mm-hmm. They're not they're not static. Right. They're not inanimate, right? They're actually, um, they have life to them in this way. Like what would, what would the value of X do or be or say in this moment? Exactly. Yeah. 
And then I think if you take whatever that value is and you really think of, okay, how can I turn this into a verb? That's what you do. <laughs> so when you don't know what else to do, you can really look at what value you want to honor or what value is missing. And that uh, you turn that into a verb and that really becomes instructive for what your boundary needs to be. Say more about that. So can we, let's give an example. Sure. Uh-huh. So if, if I really want to, if I value kindness, for example, or I feel kindness is missing, I can look at the situation and say, what would, you know, just what we're talking about, what would kindness do here? Mm. Kindness toward, and, and I think it goes, for, you could say a version of this for any of those values. You know, my belief is if your kindness does not include yourself or the things that are important to you, it is ultimately incomplete. It is ultimately mm. not fully kind. So we have to look at, okay, what what would kindness do here? What how can I have more kindness for me? What is kind to me? How can I evoke more kindness or in, um, invite more kindness from the situation? What would be kind? And sometimes it's very different than what would be nice. That's a whole different podcast for me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> nice versus kind is a big thing for me. But yes. how then do I think? Okay, kindness would do what? And then I get to become that action. I get to become that way of being. Hmm. So that if nothing else, my value of kindness is being honored by me. Yes. And then if other people in our lives are not honoring that as a boundary, right? Because that right there is a boundary. And then if other people in our lives are not honoring that, it becomes really clear when we're honoring our values (laughs) deeply for ourselves, Yes, right? We're always like, he's not doing this or he's doing this or whatever. But when we first you know, turn the, turn the magnifying, you know, turn off the magnifying glass and pick up the mirror. And we look at how we are being with ourselves and how much we are honoring those values. It becomes really clear, right? Like there's (laughs) like painfully clear, painfully (laughs) clear, right? Exactly. Yes. He's not, you know, he's not treating me with love and respect. Am I treating myself with love and respect? Right. Exactly. And, and often I think we almost wait for somebody else to validate our boundaries by coming up with or honoring them before we'll allow ourselves to have that boundary mm-hmm. or feeling like I can treat myself with love and respect. If somebody else does it, oh gosh, I can too. Whereas I think it's just the opposite. Often if we're treating ourselves with love and respect, for example, people will not always, but often they'll rise to the occasion. Or at least, if nothing else, they'll see that that is the bottom line right here. Yes. And, you know, and often, you know, this is my experience um, in my divorce, for sure, was that I certainly wasn't treating myself with with the love and respect and kindness that my, um, that I was demanding from my husband. And ultimately, my path out of my marriage was to begin to do that. Mm-hmm. And when I started to do that more and more and more, this relationship just no longer matched. Like it was, you know, I was agonizing and struggling with, with my, you know, with the question, should I stay or should I go? Should I stay or should I go? Should I stay or should I go? It was agonizing for so long. And as the more I just answered the question for myself about what is it that I, that I wanted, you know, putting it back on me, right? Um, And treated myself with love and kindness and respect. This relationship no longer aligned with who I was and what I valued. And the question got answered. Yes, yes. I was sort of looking in the wrong place, (laughs) right? That's, I I love that you did that. And I imagine it was very challenging and possibly quite painful to Mm -hmm. really look at that and be honest about 
am I offering myself that love and respect um, or whatever somebody else wants to have honored by somebody else? Because I find in general, not necessarily just in this context, but in general, those of us who feel challenged by having boundaries, when we really look at it, sometimes we're not really so great at honoring other people's boundaries, including our own. And that's sometimes a very, what's the word in English? Um, very painful (laughs) Uh, it just makes you feel sick to your stomach am i am i really not doing this and that's often the case not always yeah sometimes that's the case but i really like what you said because i think that's true and then when we do start doing what kindness or what love and respect to do and when we do include that in ourselves and that part of the equation the answers often come yes yeah yes so amazing so let's sort of go back. So we sort of took a, a, a sidebar, but not really into, into values. Sure. So in your, the way that you talk about them, they're so interconnected. We always talk, we talk about setting boundaries. And as you said, we talk about it as if we're sort of keeping people or things or ideas or experiences out. Right. And sometimes that's actually the case, right? <laughs> and sometimes that's needed. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that comes up a lot in my work is people who are dealing with narcissists, in particular malignant narcissists, right? And everything you read out there is go no contact, go no contact, which is a solid, firm boundary. Right. When you have children with this person, (laughs) that's not an option. You don't get to go no contact. Right. But you have to be able to set boundaries. You have to be able to set boundaries that are safe and healthy for yourself, but that also allow communication and collaboration in service of your children. Exactly. What do they do? <laughs> Where do they look? Is there <laughs> how this, how to set these kinds of boundaries? That's a tough one. And I saw my sister really, you know, it checked every box <laughs> and go to every That's box. Right. I forgot about that. That's true. Right. Yeah. So in fact, she had the, the additional challenges. Many people might of having, um, a judge's no contact order placed on, on things. But at the same time, if there's a child involved, what exactly does that mean? Did the judge specify in that case? I mean, I don't, I don't remember all the details, but I know that was used as then a loophole for somebody who shouldn't be contacting her to try to contact her for lots of other reasons. If mm-hmm. nothing else to text her ridiculous photos, demeaning photos, it, it, it was bad. So I think when you're in that situation where ideally, if you could have, you could control all the shots, you might say no contact. And that in and of itself is sometimes challenging enough to maintain. Yeah. Especially if somebody keeps contacting you or you feel like you want to be in touch, you know, you decide you want to have a conversation. But when you have other, when you have little people involved, <laughs> or other people involved, I think you need a, you know, I talked about boundaries being an infrastructure or architecture. You almost need a safe landing place for those conversations to have. Even though you'd like it to be no contact, you really get to decide what those conversations, uh, what the container is for them. And yes. for some people, I know um, if, if people have the ability that there are people who help facilitate those conversations where everything is copied on a, for a third party, um, you're probably much more aware of the options uh, about this yeah. than I am. Um, yeah. It might be that you really say these are the terms and conditions of our, our conversations. They are to the point. They're three sentences, whatever makes sense. And if somebody deviates from that, you remind them 
These are the terms and conditions. And then if they really deviate from that and and, or do it again, then you say, you've violated the boundaries. We need to find another way to do this because this is not working. And then you have to go back to the, to square one to some degree. Yeah. Yes. What that looks like. And that's really a pattern. It's sort of, you know, that, that is exactly what I, what I, tell people when I tell my clients. So thank right. you for backing that up. That's good. Good to yeah. know. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there, there are, there are uh, communication tools such as our family wizard okay. um, which are online communication tools that are actually monitored by the courts um, sure. and be, um, they have tone, they have a tone monitor on it so that if you start to type something, you can, you can have it look over what you've said uh, and smart. it'll flag things that they're like, mm, this is a little inflammatory. Um, you might want to consider rewording this Right. and attorneys and judges have access to it. Um, it's a, it's a brilliant tool when you really do need to kind of go no contact, but also have conversations. Right? right. And I do like what you said about the idea that you, you, there's sort of this formula for Mm -hmm. breaking boundaries, right? It's like, you know, one time you say, no, no, this is, uh, this is what the boundary is. Right. And often this isn't, here's the thing, people that you have the most trouble with boundaries with are not people who are here to respect them. So they're going to violate them. So you have to be prepared, right? right? Like I often, I talk to people a, a lot about sort of like creating scripts, like just like, you know, this is what, when he says this, you say this, when he says this, you, you say, and I talk a lot about in setting these boundaries and sort of always coming back to the same thing. You just kind of always say the same thing, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but I'm not comfortable having this kind of conversation right now. And then he's going to continue to try and have that conversation, Mm -hmm. especially because you said you didn't feel comfortable having it. Right. Absolutely. And then you just, you just repeat it and repeat it. And then when there's a complete violation, it's like, all right, so now we have to like, you know, now we're, like you said, now we're going back to square one. Exactly. And you know, when I gave that example from my sister's experience, it actually became a really big chunk or a part, a piece of the work that I do with boundaries. And I ask clients, I say, are you serious about your boundaries? Because, and this is the example I give, because I think it illustrates it so well. So there was a no contact order. Somebody would text her and she texts back, hey, there's a no contact order. You're not supposed to text me. And then this person texts back, hey, um, what about Wednesday night? Can I see the child then? Da, da, da. And she goes right back, Wednesday night doesn't work for me. By the way, there's a no contact order. Don't text me. Yeah. And it became like tennis to the point where when she went to have that no contact order, and I don't know all the terminology, essentially renewed, mm-hmm. the, all the other person's texts were shown to her, to the judge. And the judge said, clearly, you don't, you're not serious about your own request. You contacted all these times. So it, it, right. it shows that we're not, while we want to be taken seriously, we're not honoring it ourselves. And yes. sometimes people don't see or know there's a boundary until we actually honor it. <laughs> and, and sometimes it's a mistake. Totally. They just don't realize it. They didn't hear it. It didn't click. Um, but until we actually are really effing serious that we mean it, sometimes it's the first time it actually occurs to people. Absolutely. Yes, totally. And you can totally curse on my podcast. (laughs) Have you met me? (laughs) Um, The fucking in me thinks the fucking in you. (laughs) (laughs) I think you know well enough by now, Randy Buckley. (laughs) So yes, right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Like, even saying like, no, you're not allowed to contact me. Engage it. You're literally just got on the court. 
I, you know, I love go. that you just said it's like a game of tennis. Like, yes, you literally yep. just stepped on the court. You picked up your racket. Mm-hmm. Don't step on the court. Don't exactly. racket. If he contacts you and you have no contact order, don't, don't respond. <laughs> right. And so her doing this thing of trying to remind this person and thinking she was being kind and giving this person another chance actually was held against her right. <laughs> in the end. First of all, it wasn't honoring her own boundary, but it was actually turned around on her. And I don't know that that happens often. I, I don't know the situations, but for me, it just illustrates that point of if you don't take your own boundary seriously, not many other people will. Including judges. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Because they look for, you know, evidence. <laughs> that's, that's what it's about. That's so. what it's about. That's really, yeah. really interesting. I often say this. I often, I always put it, I often put it this way and it, and it, it sort of goes a, a little bit against your idea that, that about not, you know, it's not always about keeping things out, but here's what I always say, but I always say that, um, boundaries are like, it's like you have a house in the middle of the woods mm-hmm. and you have bears and deer and stuff that come into your garden and they're eating up your garden. Right. And you would never expect them to build the fence or the wall right. or whatever it was to keep <laughs> them out from doing what they, what they've always done and mm-hmm. what has never seemed to been a problem up until this point. Right. You have to be the one to go outside and build the fence. And then you kind of have to man the fence. <laughs> you Absolutely. have to like stand sentry and when they come, shoo them away and, right. you know, oh, look, there's a hole that they keep getting through. Again, it's not their job to not go through it. They're just doing what they've always done. Exactly. It's our job to find the holes and to fill them. And it can, it's, it's hard work. Yes. And it, it can be hard work. And I think we often get resentful that why do I have to be the one who's always, you know, doing the right thing or taking the initiative or mending the fence, so to speak. Right. And, and I think... You were the one time and time again, even though when we get tired of it, because it matters to us. Because they're our boundaries, right? I always say like, my mother has no, I used to say this all the time, my mom has no boundaries. And it's like, well, they're not her boundaries. They're mine. (laughs) If I piss that she can, now my mother has, my mother's great. My mother, somebody uh, once described it, said, you know, you set a boundary and your mother sees it as a goalpost. definition of me or a good explanation it's so true yeah so how do you how do you set boundaries with someone who literally is like oh it's a boundary and they literally see it as a target right <laughs> they now have to hit <laughs> right and and I, I love that idea about your the house in the forest and you have to put up some fencing right. <laughs> not decorate with honey um and wonder right. Why them. <laughs> right. But, so one of my one of the I, I use a lot of metaphor simile and analogy in the work I do. And one of those um, that I use are boundaries of like a garden mm. and in our garden. So we get to cultivate what we want within the garden, but the garden still has a garden gate, which is our bottom line. Mm. And that bottom line, if somebody cannot meet the condition of whatever that value is at that garden gate, and I often use respect as an example, it's different for everybody. They don't come into the garden. We come out from the middle of the garden. We go to the edge and talk over the garden gate. And we honor that value of respect, but they don't come in. And and we we, it's by how we um, engage with them that I say they get to come into the next level or not. Mm-hmm. So maybe the ne- maybe they're absolutely cool there. They've got it. And the next layer is compassion, or the next layer is humor, kindness, beauty, whatever, creativity. Then they can come in and kind of see where they're at at that layer. But if somebody's not coming into your garden at all, all you have to do is 
go to the edge and honor your boundary right there. We don't do anything else that might engage them into in to more dialogue, into more activity, whatever. And sometimes when I talk about this garden an, um, analogy, I'll talk about a satellite garden mm. where it's not necessarily part of the regular garden, but this might be a good example of the, the no contact order or very limited contact um, where you take a round trip ticket to this garden. You always buy a round trip ticket because uh, you don't want to stay there, but it's a place where you have overlapping values with the other person that while you might not take all your value, you know, you always are all your values. You might not be able to honor every single one of them there, but, but you won't honor anything. That's not a value there. Mm. And you meet them in this satellite, this little garden that's just designed for the situation. And then you come back and that becomes a little bit more neutral ground, whether that is monitored, whether that is um, whatever you need it to be temporary. Sometimes it's permanent to, be the common ground where you figure this out. Yes. And then you both leave it. Yes. Yeah. And a great example of this, this is, this is so important um, because a great example of this is couples therapy. Yes. And, mm -hmm. or mediation. Mm -hmm. And I have tons of clients who are like, who keep, they're like, well, we, I tried to have this conversation with him and I'm like, that's why you're paying a mediator. Right. That is not, you are not coming home from mediation and then having the conversation about who's keeping the house or custody mm -hmm. arrangements or, you know, child support. Those are all conversations that are happening in the satellite garden of mediation right? or the satellite garden of couples therapy. Do right. not have the conversation at home. Right. Period. Uh-huh. Yes. that's such a great example and that in that satellite garden or um sometimes my client called their island <laughs> my so-and-so island <laughs> yeah great i love um, it i love this island. Island. I took a cruise that's been a good one <laughs> we had got normal virus <laughs> but that's that place where those happen and we if we try to take you know if we try to bring it into our garden then and have that conversation it doesn't feel good. And all of a sudden we just brought them into the garden. We just disregarded the boundaries we put forth, the space that was important to us. And in this case, the mediator, mediator that we're paying to <laughs> make a mess of it. I mean, right. it was, that gives you structure that way. Um, this island, this garden, this mediator, it's, it's one of the biggest gifts I think you can give to yourself in that process. Yes. It's huge. Yeah. Yes. And then another boundary becomes, mm -hmm. I'm not, we're not having this conversation outside of mediation. Absolutely. Uh, yes. I hear that you want to have this conversation. I want to figure this out too, right? There's mm -hmm. compassion, there's kindness, Absolutely. there's respect. I totally hear that you really want to get this sorted out. I really want to get this sorted out too. And we're, and we can't have this conversation outside of mediation. I'm happy to talk about it the next time we meet. That's great. And right. I think, I think sometimes when, you know, when I put it through my kind people lens, mm. I'm going to be much more willing to have this conversation. I'm going to be much more open to what you bring up when we have it here. It's like, you're going to get like a much better version of me at the mediator right. <laughs> everywhere else. So it actually behooves us all to follow this so that we're in a good place. You know, we've got people supporting us so that we can get the best possible result. Yes. Yeah, Absolutely. Let's talk about kind people because mm -hmm. your 
program, your your brand is healthy boundaries for kind people. Right. So this is not about, you know, as, as our friend Amy uh, Smith says, you know, stand, how to stand up for yourself without being a dick. Right. <laughs> right. We don't have to like, boundaries don't have to be, I think a lot of people don't have boundaries, especially women. We have trouble with boundaries because we think we're being unkind or we're being a dick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. For me, boundaries are an extension of kindness. Yes. Or an act of love. And love that's it. saying that, that you care enough about the situation, the person, whatever is going on, that you want to be at your best. So these are the, the conditions that will have you be at your best. Right. And that is, you know, when we initially start talking is that make sure your the kindness extends both ways. It's an equation. It goes this way. It goes that way. But I often think we're also coming from a place of being nice. And to me, nice and kind are fundamentally different. Nice is, I, and I think nice gets crapped on. I actually mm-hmm. think there's a place for it. Nice is about pleasantries. It's about manners. It's about making people comfortable. Yes. That's not a terrible thing in a restaurant. That's not a terrible thing. It's yeah. 100% valid in the yes. places that it's necessary, needed, or Absolutely. Right, properly, properly utilized. Yeah. Right. Context. Thank you. And kindness is about taking a stand for what's important in the world. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just for other people, but it's also for you. And it's really creating the world you want to live in. So I think often we think we can't have, especially if we identify as a kind person or don't feel we're kind or are conflict averse, any of those things that are kind of the, the umbrella that falls under. We don't think boundaries are an act of kindness. And if you are a fundamentally kind person um, or have not seen boundaries done in a kind way mm-hmm. or don't think kind people can have boundaries, whatever, you will do anything if you are if, if you value kindness to avoid being an unkind person yeah even if that means you get walked all over even if that means you get treated like crap mm-hmm. whereas i'm saying those boundaries are an act of saying hey i think i think you're a really good person and you're capable of more so i'm going to hold you to this higher standard I, i'm not giving up on you i'm not giving up on me often people rise to the occasion <laughs> so it creates a pathway yep. for that to happen it is amazing, right? Because like sort of shifting the conversation away from like a malignant narcissist who's not remotely interested in honoring your boundaries, but to some, to, to people who actually honor and respect it when it's kind of shocking. It's kind of shocking when you, yeah. when you set a boundary and in a kind out of kindness for yourself right. and the other person, mm-hmm. um, the response can be quite the opposite of what you've been so afraid of, right? What you resist persists, right? So we're actively working to avoid something, but then when we shift our way of being around it, it just kind of all disappears. Right. And, and sometimes people don't get it right away. And I think if we're changing our boundaries, particularly with existing relationships, that's shaky ground. What are they doing? People don't know how, where they stand in our life anymore. They're not sure how to relate to us. They don't know where they sort of rank in our life. And that's scary. But as they start to see us honoring that boundary and them seeing, oh, actually, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm living. Often that initial resistance or pushback, which I, I don't think is a bad thing, shows you've been heard um, yeah, and people are right. trying to understand it. Mm, interesting. That often opens it up in a way that has never been opened up before and is exactly what you're talking about, that it's, it's, it's sort of magical. Yeah. It is. I want to go back to that resistance piece because I think that's mm-hmm. really important. Um, 
and I talk about this a lot too, is that what, what the way that I, that I talk about it is that, you know, we're all like puzzle pieces, right. And we've right. all had our fixed shape forever. Yes. <laughs> right. And when you're changing the rules of the game and it's a game that you've been playing for a long ass time, mm-hmm. you're shifting the shape of your puzzle piece and that mm-hmm. creates tension. Absolutely. And, you know, eventually the, the, the pieces around you either have to conform or they pop out. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, and it, but there's that, but there's that period of tension yes. where, like you said, they're, they're trying to figure out where they stand in your life now, if you're, if you're changing the rules. And I think one of the most fundamental pieces of this is communication and mm-hmm. how we communicate these changes. So often we set boundaries with no communication whatsoever, right? We're just, right. <laughs> I'm going to be different now. I have self-esteem or I'm not going to take your shit anymore. Or, you know, I'm just not going to stand for that anymore. Right. But we don't actually say, Hey, you know how I've been doing the laundry for the last six years? <laughs> um, I actually am kind of tired of it and I'm going to needs to change the rules here. And now I would like to, um, you know, invite all members of the family to do their own laundry. Right. And mm-hmm. most of us just, we just stopped doing the fucking laundry. Right. <laughs> right? right, right, like, right, right. Why don't I have clean socks? What's going on here? Right. <laughs> right? So mm-hmm. there's a way to communicate through it mm-hmm. that will ease the tension. That's kind. I, I love, I love that puzzle analogy. That's great. That's so well done. And I think it, it does it, it, it gives it such a clear pic- picture and understanding. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, well, the first thing, I think when there's any pushback or resistance, a lot of people say, see, I can't have boundaries. They're not going to change. You know, there's this like, there's any resistance. Yes. At all. And sometimes they're just confused <laughs> <laughs> because we didn't communicate it well, or it's just, it's going to take a little time to understand that. Okay. This is different. I'm, I'm not harmed in this necessarily. Things are just different. And or it's a habit, right? And it takes exactly. like a long ass time for a new habit to be formed. Yes. It's, yeah. it's, you know, it's neuroscience. These are neural <laughs> pathways that you're like forcing someone to, to rewire. Exactly. And so that pushback that we might get is a lot of times people just say, screw it at that point. I, I say, wow, they've heard you. <laughs> That's, that's actually evidence that you've been heard and it might need more clarification. It might need more time. It might, who knows what that means. You can look at that for yourself, but that's actually not a bad sign that you can push back. It means you've been understood. So what, and when, so when I'm talking to people about how to articulate and communicate their boundaries, I often ask, what do you think is at risk for the other person? And Mm. let's communicate it in a way that shows either mitigates that risk or if they're just, you know, really look at what they hope you see in them or what they're afraid might happen, let's communicate in a way that actually speaks to that concern, which will soothe it. Yes. It is big. And so we might not have to say, I bet you're really concerned that I'm going to X, Y, and Z. You don't have to do that. But if you know that X, Y, and Z is a big thing for them, you can say, um, you know, let's go back to the laundry thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> this probably feels like a really big shift. Mm-hmm. over time. It is for me too. And I'm really appreciate any feedback you have and how we're going to navigate this moving forward. But something I, I need to do and, and try to communicate that is, um, you know, pack it, you know, bake it within that cake that you serve. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I always say that the big, literally the biggest boundary you can possibly set in your life is to ask for a divorce. <laughs> is to say that you yeah. no longer want to be married to someone is a 
huge boundary. Um, And this is a conversation when I, when I talk my clients through how to tell someone Mm -hmm. that you want a divorce, this is a huge, that's exactly a huge part Mm -hmm. of it, right? Like Mm -hmm. speaking into it, it's sort of like old weird landmark language, but like speaking into someone's listening, right? Understanding who you're talking to, Mm -hmm. how they might respond, what are their values? What are their needs? Right. By the time you're asking someone for a divorce, you know them pretty damn well. Right. <laughs> At least you should. Right. Um, and so this is about understanding what they're like you said, what their concerns are. What are their biggest mm-hmm. fears going to be? Right? right. And so if it's like that, I'm you know, you're going to take away the kids like I, I'm, I want you to know that I am not here to take away your children. Absolutely. I am here to facilitate the most collaborative, cooperative process that we mm-hmm. can possibly get through. Um, in service of our children, right? Well, people are lucky to have you. <laughs> <laughs> really, because it's it, that's so important and you're holding that bigger picture and reminding them of who they want to be. Yes. They can be in that process. So it's really, it's really beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You know, sometimes it, sometimes it's, it's harder um, because they are uh, coming up against such pushback um, yeah. or anger. Right. And, and I and I sort of take a multi-stepped approach to this conversation because mm-hmm. for just just the reasons that we're talking about, because you need to give them time to process information and then come back to it, right? And so when they're like, well, what's gonna happen now? And who's gonna keep the house? And da da da, I say that's that's actually a boundary right there. It's like right. I absolutely want to talk about all of that. And we are going to sort through all of that stuff right now. I think we should just sort of come to terms with <laughs> this information. Yes. Right. First. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's also difficult. It's big. It is big. Yeah. Um, I feel like I want to talk about kindness versus niceness even more because there's something that we've talked about in previous conversations about kindness that when you're setting a boundary, there's something about the kindness that the, the, the two way streetedness right. <laughs> of kindness, right. that it's not um, just about being kind to others. Right. Right. There's, it's a, <laughs> right. So it has to, <laughs> so for, talk. I'm not, I'm not, words aren't working for me. Right you're now. doing very well. <laughs> <Your turn>. um, <laughs> that, that kindness has to include you or it is incomplete. Mm-hmm. And I often feel that, you know, People, huge hearts, you know, doing whatever they can to be kind to other people or be in service. Or, and I think there's a lot of dogma if it's caught up in that. But really trying to be a good person at the expense of being a good person to themselves. Because that's, that's part of it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think, you know, if I'm on the other side of it and somebody's really trying to be kind to me, if I found out that it was at the expense of their own health or they were actually making offers they hope I decline because they didn't want me to feel left out. That would feel awful. That's actually not kind to me <laughs> at all to put me in that position. You know, right. if, if somebody, I say to my clients, don't offer what you hope somebody will decline because nobody wants to be on the other end of your invitation with you secretly hoping, say no, say no, say no, say no, say no. <laughs> That feels like oh my god, that feels terrible. And just awful. energetically, what you're putting into <laughs> the sort of yeah. space in the relationship energetically, yes. that's just like bleh. <laughs> so that kindness often, you know, on the surface, and that's why I think it becomes nice. You're being nice, so you're extending an invitation so somebody doesn't feel left out. You know, right. there might be a lot of things in between <laughs> them completely 
you know, radio silence and, and being invited to a party you don't want them to be at, for example, that would work. Asking how their day was, you know, there all these things, but we're, I think we're so uncomfortable with silence sometimes. I, I think what we think in being kind to others when that requires requires huge self-sacrifice to in unkindness toward ourselves it's not kind and ultimately then it's not actually kind to the other person because we're we're doing things unkind in the name of kindness toward them which if they if they knew they probably would be really upset about and, and generally those things kind of leak out the edges right like no, absolutely come because through. that's where resentments build up yeah. and that's where and they they don't know why you resent them <laughs> It was just because you invited them to a party that you didn't want them to come to. And like, they're so innocent, right? Suddenly we hate them. (laughs) So it's, so that, that kindness being a two-way street is huge. Mm -hmm. If, if you're only doing it one way, you know, even if it's just toward the U way, it's not not actually kind. So yeah. Right. And that's a big, I want boundaries to have not just hold space for that, but be, create the space for that. Yes. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me what your, so what is your, like your big picture dream for the people of the world? Like, what do you want everyone to know? People of the world. (laughs) (laughs) You're ready now. (laughs) Um, You know, I, I, it kind of comes down to this for me. Um, I remember several people asking me what my favorite quote was Hmm. and I have many for different situations, but they were always expecting some far out feminist something. And it was, it's actually William Shakespeare (laughs) (laughs) with with Mark Twain being a very close second, but um, same response to that to thine own self be true. Hmm. And that really for me is when we are true to ourselves and living the lives that are true to us, it actually benefits everybody because the world just got all that more aligned to truth. Mm. And I almost picture like a chiropractic adjustment when <laughs> happening to the spine, when truth happens, other things into place. I hope your listeners appreciate sound effects um, <laughs> because it just got a little more true for everybody. Consequently, you know, that our healing is the world's healing. Yep. And so it has a huge effect what we do for ourselves and in honoring what's right for us and, and doing the work that is right for us, making choices that are really hard, but are ultimately right for us. I think that benefits everybody. I so I guess that would be my, yep. my alien announcement to the world. I, I love that. And there's a, and there's a distinction though, that I also want to like bring up here Sure. Um, between your, ha- to, to thy own self be true. Yes. Right. And then we also have to sort of, but, it, and again, infuse it with kindness, right? Because right. the other side of that is sort of an Ayn Rand objectivist, you know, whatever right. my way or the highway, right. no consequence for, uh, for others. Right. And that can right. be, that's, the, that's sort of the, the, the nefarious side of uh, other side of the coin. Right. Right. And thank you for saying that. Cause for me, it's really about context, nuance and discernment. Mm-hmm. And in in living what's true, you know, if it's bringing those values that are important to you to life, that's when that works. Yes. What if it's if it's you know here's a line in the sand, take it, leave it, my way or the highway. Uh, <laughs> there's no 
there's no flexibility in that. And there's got to be some flexibility, like a tree, like a spine. That's what allows us to move. And that's what creates the grace for that to be able to happen. So I, I definitely appreciate your, your calling that. Yeah. What do you do? What do you do? Just, this is just <laughs> coming up for me. Like, a, mm-hmm. what do you do when you're on the, cause I have a lot of clients who are on the other side of that. Mm-hmm. On the receiving end of my way or the highway. Um, you knew who I was when I married you. I yeah. haven't changed. <laughs> there, it, it, it's like, that's a, that's kind of a boundary, right? It's not a very kind boundary. Right. It's not inviting. Right. What do people do to, on the receiving end of that? They get to define their own bottom line. They get to define their own garden gate. And if you're being met with uh, something is rude my way, you, you knew me when you got married me type of thing. It sounds like that. Unfortunately, a lot of people are experiencing. Mm-hmm. You get to decide what your line is, meaning that's their edge. What's yours? Yeah. That doesn't mean just because they're saying that doesn't mean that is your instruction. Right. You get to live by what is right. And, you know, what that instruction is for you, what yeah. value you want to honor. Yeah. And, and, and that takes a lot of work, but ultimately, as long as you're honoring it, it will be honored. Yes. Yeah. And that, and that, you know, ba- values work is such a huge part of what I do with clients when we're talking about staying or going, because, because values like that, right. that are so deeply misaligned is a huge red flag that this is, you know, possibly not going to work out. Right. Randy, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. Is there anything else that you want to sort of say or tell people? You have a podcast coming up. You're starting your own podcast. I am. And you've been such a, um, such an inspiration and champion of that. So thank you very much. Yeah. I have a podcast coming out soon. <laughs> I'm, I'm calling it sideways truth and yeah, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. It's I'm not just good. about boundaries. It's all sorts of stuff. Do you have a, do you have a, a launch date for it yet? Or should we just. Uh, hopefully that? within the next week or two, we'll have the launch date. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. That'll be in the show notes. So Randy's uh, podcast link will be in the show notes for those of you who want more of Randy Buckley. And I highly recommend that you, that you get more. I do. I do. Yeah. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. And like I said, thank you for the work that you're doing with your clients. It's they're smart to do that work with you. Oh. Very big time. Thank you. And back at you. Back at you. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. You can find me over at kateanthony.com and be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes so you don't miss an episode. See you next time.